culture footnotes. We back. Woo! Yay! Um, Yay! The podcast that keeps you in the loop on all things pop culture. In case so you forgot. In case you forgot. When it's around. When it's around. Uh, yeah, we've taken a few months off. Uh, we were dealing with issues with our website being out of storage, and then just general burnout. But we're back. Um, and today we're going to be talking about Titanic. I'm not gonna do it anymore. Wait, um, wait, 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 wait! Hang on, hang on, hang on! Time out. Did you just start singing the song? But it was not. My heart will go on. Yeah, it did not sound like that. It's the opening of Titanic. Dude. Dude. I I know we're gonna talk about the music, but if you talk about music in Titanic, you. Okay, we're we'll save it. Save it. All right. Okay. In case you haven't uh, figured it out by now, I'm Courtney. This is Shannon. I'm Shannon. And we're joined by Andrew this How's week. Going? Um, Andrew's going to be coming on the podcast a lot more often from here on out. We'll still have our guests and stuff, but uh, probably be seeing more of him. So. Yay! But not actually seeing because this is not a show. <laughs> um, anyway. I'm very grateful for that, by the way. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Um, it allows me to sit here and talk to you guys without wearing any makeup. So, yay. Sweatpants are awesome. <laughs> I don't need to worry about that too much. <laughs> yes. But before we get to into Titanic, we are going to, um, we're going to talk a little bit about, so this is kind of going to be a little bit of a mashup of the media of the week and also news. Um, right now, as we're recording, um, Avengers Endgame just came out yesterday. Yay! So, a little indie film you may yeah, have heard of. Yeah, you may of. have heard of it. You know. And if we want to tie these two together, they're about yeah. to be... I mean, Titanic was once the biggest movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Endgame. About to be the biggest movie of all time. Yep. Uh, didn't so. Avatar and see Titanic yeah, with its suggested ticket sales and stuff? Yeah, yeah. We tried to forget that Avatar That's happened. True. Yeah, let's just but not yes. talk about Avatar. <laughs> but anyway. Um, so, yeah. Uh, before we, so what we want to do here is we want to talk about Endgame really quickly. We've all seen it. Um, we are not going to give you any spoilers, so. Well, based on the box office reviews, (laughs) you've seen it too. (laughs) Yeah, as of right now, it's at, oh, wait. The number just keeps going 644 million worldwide, and we're recording this Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it's been out like two days. Yeah. It was the so, biggest Thursday opening, I think. Like it beat Star Wars. Biggest Friday opening. And stuff yeah. too, so. About to be biggest Saturday opening. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're not going to give you any spoilers on Endgame, but um, if you if you recall last year, we did a few episodes about Marvel, basically covering the entire cinematic universe leading to Infinity War. Since then, Infinity War has come out, Ant Man and the Wasp has come out, and Captain Marvel has come out. Um, so we just want to kind of give you a really quick recap to start off with of what those movies were about, things you need to know before you go into Endgame. And then we're going to do a quick <clears throat> non-spoiler review of Endgame. So, first up, Shannon's going to tell us about Infinity War. Yeah, gosh, so much happens during Infinity War that I'm like, <laughs> can I do this in one minute? Um, obviously, the whole plot of Infinity War is that Thanos, the Mad Titan, who's popped up all throughout the cinematic universe is trying to get all six infinity stones so that he can snap and destroy half of every living thing to try to balance the scales of the universe um oh you guys can help me if i'm missing anything important um at the beginning 
all the Asgardians are being destroyed as Thanos tries to get that stone. Loki is killed. Idris Elba is killed. I can't even remember his character name. But mm-hmm. um, then we go to, yeah, I'm just going to try to figure out the highlights. Oh, Hulk um, tries to fight Thanos and Thanos beats him soundly. And then yes. the Hulk won't come out for the rest of the movie. Yep. He's scared. <laughs> and so retreats back into Bruce Banner. Um, I don't know. It's basically all of the Avengers kind of coming together to, um, yeah, figure out where the rest of the stones are and keep them from Thanos, but also to, yeah, destroy him. Um, it kind of all, uh, culminates in a big war in Wakanda. Um, at that point, uh, Shuri, uh, Black Panther's sister is trying to get the, is it the Mind Mind Stone? Stone, Out of Vision. Um, so that he doesn't have to die, um, and they're battling all of these weird creatures on Wakanda to keep him safe, um, but they don't. Thanos has the rest of the stones, gets, uh, kills Vision, takes that stone, um, actually reverses time with the time stone in order mm-hmm. to get that one. Um, in short, he gets all the stones, he snaps, and half of the universe is gone, including yeah. half of the Avengers. So let's do a quick recap of which Avengers are affected by the snap. So Spider-Man. Black Panther. Doctor Strange, my boy. Pretty much Sam. all of the Guardians except for Rocket. Rocket. Yeah. Um, and Nebula. Oh, and Nebula. Nebula's fine. Nebula's fine. Uh, yeah, Falcon. Gamora was killed beforehand. Oh, uh, as yeah, an exchange, sorry. <laughs> as, an, as an exchange to get the Soul Stone, one of the six stones, yeah, uh, so Gamora was sacrificed for that. So she yeah. uh, To get the Soul Stone, you have to sacrifice that that you love the most, which in Thanos' case was Gamora. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So kills um, her to get it. In. Thor in that movie also kind of joins up with the Guardians, and he... I'm trying to... So in Ragnarok, he lost his hammer... And uh, his eye. And his eye. <laughs> he gets an eye back. Thanks to Rocket. <laughs> um, but his kind of plot in the story is he, Rocket, and Groot all go to get like this war hammer made by... Um, Peter Dinklage. Yep. <laughs> Doing his yep. Game of Thrones yeah. completely nebulous weird accent. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, Peter. You're great, though. I really uh, love you. Yeah, I love you. Um, yeah. So they lose. A bunch of people die. And they end up with... Um, the six original Avengers are all still alive. I yep. feel like that's important. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, yep. They were separated. So uh, the Guardians, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, and Iron Man. I guess some of the Guardians, all of them. Yeah. Um, are on Titan and they fight Thanos on his former home planet of Titan. Mm-hmm. Um, while the, everyone else is on Wakanda. Um, by the end. By yeah. the end. Yeah. Yep. So, oh, yeah. So you've got Tony Stark and Nebula kind of stuck in space. Yeah, following the when snap. When mm-hmm. all those people disappear because of the snap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yep. <laughs> cool. All right, Ant-Man and the Wasp. You're up. So Ant-Man and the Wasp was kind of a pilot cleanser after Infinity War, <laughs> I felt. Um, I mean, it, uh, it, drew a, it drew backlash to the backlash, I guess. Like, I saw people... Who really liked Ant-Man and the Wasp because it was like, oh, it's a return to kind of the fun Marvel movies that we remember. But then people were like, it's only been two movies that they've been, it's only been two movies that they've been serious. Like, Black Panther and Infinity War 
And they still had jokes in them, but it was still yeah. very serious okay, films. I'm sorry. Pause. James. Uh, so the, yeah, there'd only been like two movies where they were super serious, uh, but it was kind of like it was very Marvel-y in the sense that it was mm-hmm. fun action, quippy, lighthearted, kind of like there were stakes to it, but the stakes weren't. The universe is at stake. Half the people in the universe. It was very kind of low. Key state, I say low key, but like <laughs> relatively low key stakes. Um, but in essence, low uh, key, not yeah, low key. <laughs> right? Uh, I quit, you guys. I thought it was intentional, <laughs> so I was you guys are, over here. <laughs> you guys are on your own now. Um, so uh, basically, after, uh, after the events of Civil War, where Ant Man sided with Captain America. Um, he decided, because he didn't sign the Sokovia Accords and he's illegally heroing, uh, he decided to go on house arrest as opposed to um, being locked up in the supervillain underwater prison that we saw in Civil War. Um, so he's under house arrest, he's not allowed to leave. Um, and then uh, Hank Pym and his daughter Janet Van Dyne no, wait, is that... No, Hope. The Hope. Janet Van Dyne is Hope's mother, who is trapped in the quantum realm, which we found out about in Ant-Man. But they've discovered a way to rescue Janet from the quantum realm. Janet played by Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. Um, they've discovered a way to rescue her from the quantum realm, and they need uh, Scott Lang's help to do so. Um... I forget how Lawrence Fishburne factors into it, but he's in there. He's trying to help. Uh, um, <laughs> trying to help. Uh, what's her face? Ghost. Ghost. Um, yeah. So there's a villain who can kind of face not, through things. Not the dire wolf ghost. Ah, oh, boo. Marvel boo on you. Ghost. Boo on you. Um, <laughs> trying to help this uh, woman who was involved. I believe she was involved in like an explosion or something like that, and she was bombarded with. I haven't seen it for a little bit. Yeah. Regardless, she's trying to use quantum energy to kind of heal herself. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's dangerous. Lawrence Fishburne's trying to help her and all this kind of stuff. Hijinks ensue. Basically, they, the whole movie is a game of keep away. Yes. Uh, Wally Goggins. Mm-hmm. Might, Walton Goggins. Wally Goggins is the villain. Good old Wally Goggs. Um, he, just like in Tomb Raider, was wasted as a villain, I feel. Um, I really like Walton Goggins. I think he's awesome. And it makes me really sad that he, that they kind of asked him to be like a menacing villain, but in Tomb Raider it was like, it was like he was in a really serious movie, but Tomb Raider was like, hey, let's just do a bad Indiana Jones impression. And then in Ant-Man, he's trying to be like kind of a serious villain, but it's a very kind of silly movie. So, um, hijinks ensue. Ant Man becomes Giant Man several times in the in the film, mm-hmm. um, but they rescue Michelle Pfeiffer from the quantum realm, and then uh, everyone lives happily ever after. I think Ghost is killed because no, Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, does she heal her? Heals her. That's right. Also, at the after, end, at the, well, yeah, I was getting to that. I was making sure. Part. I was making sure that the plot was wrapped up before the I moved on to the after credit scene. <laughs> so then, the after credit scene, um, they have the van that plays the cucarachas, the horn. Um, they built a quantum realm kind of yeah, like a miniature, a miniature, miniature of the machine, the quantum realm in the back of this van, 
and they're sending Scott into the quantum realm to gather up uh, science things, sciencey, particle-y, shrinky stuff. And they send him into the quantum realm, and he's supposed to gather it up. And then they're supposed to pull uh, Hank Pym and Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, Janet Van Dyne, and Hope Van Dyne are supposed to pull him out. But while he's in there, Thanos snaps, and the three of them are va- are vaporized. And he's Scott Lang is stuck in the quantum realm. Fine, he doesn't turn into dust, but he's stuck and can't get out. Um, oh no! What does he? He was only in there for five hours. We'll edit that part out. It's so <laughs> sad because you you have this like lighthearted movie and all kicks and giggles the yeah. whole thing, and, and then it's, it's like, nope. Remember, the world is terrible. Well, yeah, like it's like it's like a palate cleanser. It's like, oh, that was fun. It was a little. St- oh no! Why did you have to bring it back up? I mean, that's kind of how Infinity War was too, because you have like Thor and the Guardians hanging out, and it's all fun. Like, there's so many fun moments in that one too. You're like, oh, oh crap. <laughs> Well, yeah, like, so So well, my mom hadn't seen it, um, just kind of anecdotally, she hadn't seen Infinity War before this weekend, she wanted to see Endgame, so I told her she had to watch Infinity War, and she just went, I'm glad you told me, because holy crap, <laughs> and she was like, how did, what come they, how come they lost, and, and I, what I loved about Infinity War is they did lose, like, they lost, bad. they lost, bad. like, at the end of every Marvel movie, they always win, like. Yeah. They overcome it. Captain America is able to do something. Iron Man does something, and they're able to overcome. But they lost, yeah. and it was like <laughs> we gotta move on, though. Okay, so we gotta move on. Sorry, we're already <laughs> ten minutes over what we said we were gonna do. For recaps. So um, yeah, we start talking eventually. I know. <laughs> um, so I am tasked with recapping Captain Marvel, my girl. Um, so basically what you gotta know, Carol Danvers was a fighter pilot. Her mentor was secretly a Kree, which if you remember Ronan, um, from, Guardians uh, of the Galaxy. Galaxy. you do not remember Ronan from <laughs> You Guardians should do, because he was Lee Pace. Pace. Yeah. Under, like, cake makeup. I didn't even know it was Lee Pace. Listen. Anyway. Listen. <laughs> anyway. Moving on. <laughs> so, um, Ronan is a Kree, so her mentor was secretly a Kree. But Ronan's like an evil Kree, and her mentor was like a not evil Kree. Her mentor is Jude Law, who is hot. So no, no, no. No, no, oh, no um, her mentor well, was her, uh, Annette Benning. Her, her, oh, human, sorry. her human, human mentor, mentor is Annette Benning. Yes. There we go. So basically what happens is Annette Benning is a Cree. She starts doing experimental stuff with the Tesseract. Um, the Cree are at, role, at war with another um, race called the Skrull. The Skrull are shapeshifters who can imitate like other people and look like other people. Um, and uh, yeah, basically... Um, so Annette Benning, like she Annette Benning basically turns against... Her own people, in a sense, because she decides, she decides that she's going to help the scroll find a home because their planet's been destroyed. Um, and Jude Law is uh, the bad guy. He comes and tries to attack her and take the Tesseract. Um, the Pulp, engine, fiction, Pulp Fiction references abound. Sure. So. Um, Annette, or sorry, Annette Benning is killed. The engine explodes, and Carol Danvers absorbs the energy from the explosion. So she has these powers that were basically granted to her by the Tesseract. She's, like, super OP and awesome and great. Um, Jude Law takes her back to um, the, his, the Kree home planet and modifies her memory so she doesn't remember any of her time on Earth. 
he puts like an inhibitor on her so that it controls her powers somewhat. Um, and basically he tries to make her into a weapon for the Kree. She eventually figures it out, gets back to Earth, figures out who she is, and is mad and beats a lot of people mm-hmm. up. And it's great. Blows a lot of people up. Blows a lot of I people I think up. you mean to say she blows a lot of people <laughs> up. Yeah. I forgot so much from Infinity War. The after credit scene in that one is so Nick Fury kind of starts seeing all of these people disappearing from the snap and before mm-hmm. he too disappears he has this like pager thing and sends a signal to Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, so Captain Marvel's set in the 90s but we know she's going to join up with the rest yeah. of the Avengers. And she's been off like basically being a single person Avengers for other planets in the universe. So. Yeah. She yep. is boss. She is boss. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, now we're going to do a quick review of Endgame. So, um, Andrew, what... So we, we've structured yes. this as a series of questions that we answer, right? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, if you want a really quick review, it's good. Go see it. Yeah. Um, Shannon's first words when she came in were, it's perfect and nothing that anybody says will tell me otherwise. Not to take Pretty it out much. of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. My, my review, two parts. If you have not... <laughs> you should definitely see Infinity War before, even if you've just heard me attempt to explain it. Like, definitely watch it. Yeah. But this film, I don't think it's spoilery to say it references so many other movies from the MCU. So I... If you can see a recap of it beforehand, if you can watch a couple of the movies, I feel like you will appreciate it a whole lot more if you're coming in with that context of other films and not just dropped in on this one. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I thought it was such a, it's cheesy to say, like a gift to the fans who have watched Marvel for 10 years um, and got really invested in it. Um, It's very emotional. It's very epic. Um, Those are vague words because I don't (laughs) want to spoil it and no one deserves to have it spoiled for it. It's really difficult to talk about it without kind of talking spoilers, I feel. There is a very there's a very famous football player who actually spoiled it yesterday on his very prominent and very heavily followed Twitter account tweeted out a very big spoiler and he has become the internet's new pariah. Um, So don't be don't be Lashawn McCoy. That's all I'm gonna say. Them see it's just so unprecedented that we have twenty one movies leading up to this. You know, you've had other series that kind of lead up to it, but like Harry Potter, we had books before Game of Thrones. To some extent, there's some books before. Yeah. Um, I guess that will still be a surprise. Well, that, but, but but even that's a television show. Like yeah. it's it's more it's built for long form storytelling, whereas Marvel has built these with movies that are supposed to be two hours. You enjoy your time, you leave, you're done. But they've done such an excellent job of weaving these stories throughout. I mean, 21 films. There's (laughs) James Bond is going to release the 25th film in its franchise this year, and it started in the 60s. Yeah, like, like it's just like you said, it's completely unprecedented and and really. I mean, this is kind of uh, thinking back on it as like we're. This is the movie experience equivalent to, I think, like seeing the original Star Wars movies in the theater and being mm-hmm. like a part of the original kind of like hype. hype of Star Wars. That's what this generation is, is the Marvel films, kind of like watching those in the theater for the first time. Because yeah. we are going to be talking about Marvel films forever, uh, you know, 
when we talk about film history and stuff like that. And this is kind of our moment, I feel, like mm-hmm. in movie history that we get to we get to watch. Yeah. Yep. So really like lucky to have seen that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was so satisfying. It really was. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of just as far as it go as far as our questions go, um, without spoiling, what is the story of the film? <laughs> um <laughs> Like, I think we can just kind of do, like, the basic kind of... They're fixing things after the They're trying to yes. do Infinity War. Yeah, they're... they're <laughs> it's a group of heroes coping with their loss during the events of Infinity War yeah. and wondering what to do next. Anybody, is... anybody who has even a base knowledge of Marvel should know that, like, up until at least very recently, like, there have been very, very, very few characters who die and don't come back. In some way. Like, this is comic books. Everybody comes back, you know? Yeah. And so... Except for Quicksilver. And that was one thing about Infinity <laughs> War. Yeah, well, and Uncle Ben. Um, <laughs> Infinity War was interesting because it was... It ended on this low note where so many people did die. But, I like, I remember when we first saw it together, we walked out of the theater and the first thing was... Okay, how are they going to bring everybody back, right? Well, we so knew it that... should come as no surprise that that is what this movie is. Well, we also knew that, like... Few, there were going to be future projects mm-hmm. involving these characters. Like yeah. we knew there was going to be a Spider-Man sequel coming out a few months later. We knew that there was a Guardians three movie. Now it got delayed due to some stupidness, but we knew it was coming out. Um, some of my favorite tweets during that time where it was just a picture of a raccoon on a bench and it said Guardians of the Galaxy three twenty twenty. It was just a raccoon, um, but like we knew these properties. We knew that these characters were going to come back but it was all about the journey it was like well how are they going to do it and for me like i knew that they were coming back i don't think it's a spoiler necessarily to say that but it was so engaging interesting and rewarding to see how they did it mm-hmm. that it really paid off in a way that i was kind of surprised by because i was like there's no way that like the payoff for this film could be what an I'm like as good as I've imagined it, and it was so like. Better. And they also make you sit with Infinity War for a bit, if mm-hmm. that's not too spoilery yes. to say, uh-huh. because I think a fear coming into it was we're gonna undo this like immediately. Yeah, yeah. you have to deal with some sad. Like there's some. <laughs> yeah, there, some real there's some sad. sad stuff. There's some sad stuff that you have to sit around through. The- <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think we kind of already just talked about it, if it's a franchise movie and it does not stand alone. If you have not seen any other Marvel films, <laughs> do not see this movie. I, I think Correct. we can, yeah. I think we can all agree on that. Bare minimum, you've got to see Infinity War. Even then, you're going to be missing stuff if you haven't seen anything else, so. Um. So go back to our other podcast, please. You don't right. want to spend, like. You can hear more of me. Those are the ones I'm on. <laughs> That's true. Is it how long was it? Because some theaters did a whole marathon of all of them. It was like fifty six. Oh my gosh! I thought yeah, it was like forty six hours or something. No, it, like. it, it was, was a lot of hours. Fifties. <laughs> you yeah. can spend like I what five with us. <laughs> That's right. It was a little yeah. longer than our norm. But, yeah. <laughs> um, um, what worked for you guys? <laughs> I know that we said it's perfect. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the story arcs for the characters. I don't think that that's spoilery. I think that. The, the character arcs, especially looking over the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a whole, and seeing what these characters started as and what they have now become and how, um, how this movie wraps up with those characters, um, at least two of those character arcs, I think, are perfect. Like, yeah. just absolutely 
perfect. Well, and so. to that point, I think Infinity War stuffed in so many people that it was hard to feel like there was any change or um, it, it was hard to see the arc for individual people. Mm-hmm. And this one does a better job of that. Well, yeah, Infinity War cleared out so many characters that you could focus a little bit more yeah. closely <laughs> on, you know, even though it's a team-up movie and everything, it could focus in on individual characters a little bit sharper. Yep. Yeah. Which is what I care about in the end. I realized at the end of that movie how much I had actually become invested in all of these characters over time. So that's what we want to see from them. Yep. Yeah, I'd I'd agree. Um, There's some really... um, And I think this is going to be levied as a criticism of it. There's a, a, a criticism of it. There's a lot of fan service. Yeah. Like, a lot of fan service. Now... I actually I felt didn't, like it was subtle enough that it worked. I didn't mind it personally, because I'm a oh, fan. Yeah. But I do understand that there will be people who are like, alright, we get it, there's been Marvel movies in the past. Like, I understand that that will be a reaction. Um, lighten up, is would be my advice yep. to those people. Um, <laughs> Let us have this! <laughs> I like, also think that it was... I think the fan service stuff was subtle enough that, like, there are going to be a couple parts where if you haven't seen the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe... Like Thor the Dark Thor. If you miss a reference, like, you're going to notice it. But, um, at the same time, like, there were a lot of little subtle things that you probably wouldn't even notice if you haven't. Well, they pull in in references from not just previous movies, but other, like, spin-offs to Mm -hmm. Marvel properties that we've seen. And I... There's probably... Several that I miss personally, um, because I'm not like fully invested in like Agents of Shield currently. There are probably references to that that I missed, mm-hmm. um, but there were other references that if you have been a fan of Marvel and kind of consumed the content that they've been putting out, yeah. there's something for you. Oh, I will also say another thing that works for me. There is a moment where it's very girl powery. And that was amazing. That really worked for me. I mm-hmm. I cried a lot in Endgame, and that was one of the parts <laughs> where I cried because it was just like, it just kept getting better. Uh, I came out of the theater, and you know, other people are coming into the theater, so you're trying to talk quietly about it or wait until you leave so you don't spoil things. And I walked <laughs> out saying, I'm a walking spoiler because one look in my face, and I had like mascara running down <laughs> my face, and it was like I looked like a mess. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Um, Prepare so, yourselves. <laughs> so I know I know Shannon said it was perfect, but my next question is, what didn't work? Uh, there were, okay, <laughs> some of the mechanics of things that they did as part of their solution. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun trying to answer these yeah. at that point. Um, some, of the, some of the mechanics of their, so, like, okay, the mechanics of the solution work, I think. Like, in looking at it, I'm like, okay, yes, this all makes sense, at least to some point. Um, there's one part, one aspect of it though that I'm like, wait a second, hold up, like based on the rules of what you have told me, that should not have happened. Um, this is but extremely it, vague. <laughs> I know, but like at the same, but it's a superhero it's a minor movie. thing. It's like, a superhero movie, you, and it's a minor thing. A lot of things. Disbelief, though, a I mean, if, we, bit, if yeah. we were willing to believe that Jeff Bridges went crazy for no reason in the original Iron Man. I think we can kind of accept this. Like, Jeff Bridges did it. Um, Corey Stoll did it uh, in Ant-Man. Like, 
the yeah. villains often just went crazy for no good reason. <laughs> so I think yeah. I think it's on the same level of that as far as like, yeah. well, why did that happen? And then it's like, you just go, who cares? Like it didn't. It's fine. It didn't affect my enjoyment of the movie. But you're right. It is a problem, and it as, doesn't have an answer. As somebody who goes into movies looking for character arcs and development and stuff, like the characters are the most important part, and that. That particular thing that I'm saying, um, <laughs> that particular thing um, was necessary in order to get the characters where they needed to be. So I'm willing to overlook it. I'll say if I have a criticism, make sure it's not a, a spoiler. Captain Marvel is so powerful that I think they're having a hard time figuring out exactly what to do with her. I, I think that's still an issue in this movie a little mm-hmm. bit, but I not something that kept me from thinking it was a perfect well, movie. I think, I think Marvel in general has a problem with its power scale. Yeah. Like, like she's so powerful. Well, all the, all the heroes fluctuate based on what the plot means. Yeah. Like, in Winter Soldier, Captain America struggles to, like, fight non-superpowered human beings that are just, like, really well-trained soldiers and spies and stuff like he fights again but then in infinity war he grabs Thanos' hand with the infinity gauntlet and is holding it for a minute and it's like that he has the helicopter and he's pulling pulls he pulls the helicopter back back in while it's trying to fly away and it's like it doesn't again it doesn't affect my enjoyment of the movie but they have a problem um with scaling their heroes like uh, the Hulk's kind of unbeatable until you need to show how powerful a villain is, yeah. and then he can easily beat the Hulk. And it's like, yeah. and then Thanos—I'm talking about Thanos and Infinity War. He beats the Hulk while he only has one Infinity Stone, and then he gets five more. And it's mm-hmm. like he keeps scaling up his power. And Thor even says, if he gets three Infinity Stones, it'll be impossible to stop. But then Thor gets. an axe that's able to actually stop him if he had used it correctly. Mm -hmm. So it's like... So it's like... Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. We've got to move on. Um, So what would your recommendation be? So this is a scale of five things. Got to see it. Go see it in the theater. Rental. If there's nothing else and you're looking for something to stream or skip it. All of the above. Skip Except it. for skip care it. about Marvel at all, like, see it in the theater because you don't want to be spoiled. I do yeah, think, I, would, I would say yeah. it's a gotta see it because, like we talked like about, this, this is kind weekend. of a cultural... This yes. is like a cultural now, touchstone. If you like haven't we said, seen it yet, Like we said, people now. are spoiling it on the internet. People are talking about it. Yeah. So, yeah, if, you, if you're trying to avoid spoilers, you have to see it immediately. Otherwise, you're going to be in trouble. Shout yeah. out to my friend David Stoffer who's on vacation in Hawaii and oh. went in Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm dying. And I don't want to be spoiled, so yeah, yeah. Good call, dedication. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> that was a plus segue, by the way. A plus. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. Speaking of giant monoliths that have issues that might sink them going forward in the future, not Disney. Wow. But the Titanic. Speaking of a lot of people dying. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. Well, that, I feel like that's a bigger story. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking of Infinity War, and then I'm like, oh nope. <laughs> cool. Alright, um, anyway. So There's a lot of people dying. Game of Thrones is going to happen this week. So. That is true. Um, 
All right, so let's talk about Titanic. So what we're going to do here is I'm going to talk a little bit about the actual historical facts for a moment, and then Shannon's going to tell us about the movie. Which <laughs> <Yeah>. um, is <laughs> how most people consume Titanic content, I would yes. assume. So um, RMS Titanic was, um, let's see here, I think it was 1912 that it had its maiden voyage. Um, the Titanic was um, an Olympic-sized Olympic uh, cruiser. And at the time that it was launched, it was the largest ship afloat. Um, it was owned by White Star Lines. And basically, they were bragging about this ship and how it was unsinkable. Um, there were a couple of reasons for that. The biggest one being it was the first ship to use this technology where it had these watertight compartments in the hull. Um, basically, it was a series of kind of rooms, but they were completely watertight. Um, there were 16 of them, and basically, um, usually when you, ran, when you run aground on a ship, like it pierces one part of the hull, um, and then the hull takes on water, the, sh the ship sinks. Um, with these watertight compartments, basically it meant that if there was a hole made in the hull, the watertight um, compartment would fill up with water, but it would not, the water would not be able to fill up the entire hull. So it would keep the ship afloat. Um, they, based on their testing and whatnot, they determined that the ship could stay afloat as long, like basically it could afford to fill up four of those watertight containers um, before the ship would have too much water in sink. Um, so the Titanic, as, as a result of that, um, they did not have enough lifeboats for, to accommodate all the passengers on the ship. Because they didn't think it would be necessary because it's unsinkable. Hubris. Hubris. And it's finest. Um, another, in the, in the movie, which I'm sure Shannon will talk about, but they kind of talk about the lifeboat situation and they say, oh, it was because it took up too much room on the deck and passengers wanted more room. Which, I mean, there might be some truth to that, but mostly it was the hubris element of just like, oh, well, we don't need that. So. One, of, uh, one of my favorite... Uh, kind of Titanic adjacent things is uh, the Onion put out a book at the turn at the in the year two thousand that looked back on events of the century as if the Onion existed and wrote headlines about mm -hmm. them. And for the Titanic, it was world's largest metaphor strikes iceberg. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was like man's hubris sinks beneath the waves. Also, thousands die. <laughs> it was like yeah. more about like the symbolic nature well, of the Titanic which more actually, than it was the tragedy. Thousands yeah. did not die. So. The well, Titanic had 1,317 passengers aboard. That's so, not what my... That's not what... That my, is not what the movie says. That's not, that's not <laughs> what my yeah, Wikipedia yeah, article well, says. Well, tell me what your Wikipedia article says. My Wikipedia article says, article says 2,224 passengers and crew. Okay. And then... So oh, it and may crew. Have been, okay, yeah, it yeah, was yeah, probably yeah. like that many... But then 1,500 total by. <laughs> yes. Okay. In the movie, at least, you're kind of... Like, if these few people had just... Put some more fail-safes, you mm -hmm. know, up and hadn't thought, you know, too yeah. highly of this machinery they made. They, you know, a lot more people would have made it out okay. Yep, definitely. Yeah. But anyway, so um, the ship left, uh, it was constructed in Belfast, I want to say. Left Belfast, went to Liverpool, then went to Southampton, which is where it launched from. Um so it was doing a cross-Atlantic voyage to New York, um, and that took it up toward the Arctic near Greenland. Um, 
which if you're thinking about like England to New York, you would think you wouldn't go that way. But actually it was because of currents and because of the curvature of the earth. That's actually the fastest route was to go a little bit north up near the Arctic. Um, so as a result, there ice was a problem, um, especially big icebergs, which a lot of the time, if, as you probably know, um, most of which is invisible under the water. Um, so the Titanic was cruising along and basically it got telegraph warnings about icebergs, um, which went largely ignored. Um, and then it hit an iceberg along its starboard side. Um, and basically because of the sheer size of the iceberg and because they didn't slow down or even try to turn until like the very last second, um, basically instead of puncturing the hole, it gashed the hole. So it filled up five of the watertight compartments, which uh, if you remember, it could only handle having four of them full. So in one fell blow, the Titanic starts to sink. Um, on the Titanic, there were uh, different uh, classes kind of. So there was first class, second class, third class. Um, first class passengers were basically allowed free, like they could go anywhere on the ship. Second class passengers could go most places, but not all places, third class passengers were pretty limited as far as where they could go on the ship. Um, and a lot of those like areas were cordoned off by gates and locks. Um, so basically as the ship starts going down, they start real, well at first they didn't realize that they didn't have enough lifeboats. So a lot of the lifeboats actually were sent off, not filled to capacity. Um, as they started realizing they didn't have enough lifeboats, they instituted a women and children first policy. Um, and then, yeah, so basically what wound up happening was about 705 people were rescued. Um, but most people on the ship did die. Um, yeah. So yeah, and it was, it was interesting because a lot of first class passengers got, um, got offloaded the boat first. Um, evacuated first because of the fact that they were allowed free range. They kind of allowed first class passengers first then second class then third class, which meant that a lot of those locks and chains and things meant people got trapped below decks as the ship was sinking. Um, yeah, eventually the ship did split in half, which actually recent evidence came up saying that um, for a long time they speculated that as the ship was going down, it was up at a big angle and then it broke in half and then one half just sank to the bottom, and then the other half kind of floated like a cork and then eventually sank. Actually, they think that it probably broke in half after it had submerged. So, yeah. Makes for a way less dramatic shot of the movie. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Cool. Um, and then the Titanic was found in mm -hmm. 1985, the wreckage. Right. Um, which is something that'll kind of come up in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> So cool, cool. So tell us about the movie. Yeah, um, I'll add there too, though, just uh, with the wreckage. So if you ever have a chance to go to um, Titanic the Expedition, um, I'm from Vegas, so it's in Vegas, but I think it tours occasionally. It's really cool to see like all of the things they uncovered and kind of how people lived on the Titanic and um, puts more of a human face on, you know, a tragedy that has up until this point been just a number of people killed. So, um, yeah, so the movie, um, 
Titanic um, is a film from 1997 directed by James Cameron, who we have a lot of feelings about in this room. <laughs> um, it, <laughs> I mean, I'll just say it, it's fitting that we talked about this along with Endgame because at the time, um, Titanic was just a juggernaut. <laughs> um, it was the first film to reach a worldwide gross of over $1 billion. Um, it was $1.84 billion is what it came out with. Um, it remained the highest grossing film of all time until another James Cameron movie came along called Avatar, which <laughs> is significantly worse than Titanic is. Um, it, you know, was a pretty, like, huge technical achievement at the time, um, having, like you mentioned, the ship breaking in half in that shot. Um, they had a lot of uh, scenes that are filmed underwater, like a set they set up, um, so yeah, as far as the technical stuff goes, really amazing. Um, I like to think that the script doesn't quite match the visuals in the movie, but obviously it's like a timeless sort of love story that's being told. So um, yeah, it has gone in, down in history as one of the greatest films of all time, essentially. Um, because I always like to mention Oscars, it was nominated for 14 Oscars, tied for the most nominated film, and it won 11, so it's also tied for the most winning Oscar film. Um, including Best Picture, right? Including Best Picture. Um, yes. So, the film. Um, we start in 1996, so like the time that the movie was released. Um, you have Brock Lovett um, and his team. So you have this team that's searching the wreckage of the Titanic and you kind of come to find out that what they're looking for is this rare diamond that is called the heart of the ocean um and it supposedly was owned by Louis XVI that is a deal of like a, a detail that I forgot until watching this again it's kind of weird but um so they've yeah been looking for this diamond they there's a lot of really cool shots of them um under the ocean looking through the wreckage some of what they show um like on the screen that they're looking at is actual footage when they found the titanic um so that's pretty neat um so they're looking for it they find this safe and i guess they've been looking for a long time and they've kind of pinned like here's the room it would be in and all of that so they find this safe thinking it's payday like we've found this diamond it's supposed to be worth more than the hope diamond so millions of dollars um but they break open the safe and find in it just mud and not really much except for this drawing of a young woman who is wearing the necklace and only the necklace um, and they're a little disappointed by that uh, for obvious reasons. As you would be. Yeah. So, um, and what's so interesting in watching this movie again, too, is, um, so they have this little news clip then that's talking about they found this drawing, and they are asking him, like, a lot of people are accusing you of being grave robbers, and just as we were saying we're being a little bit glib about, like, the Titanic, that was these people, they're, like, trying to get this thing because it's really valuable but forgetting you know all the people who died and they were actual people who lived their lives and so the rest of the movie kind of tries to correct that i guess um so they have this news clip and rose dawson calvert um this older woman she's about to turn 101 um sees the program and she's looking at the drawing and she calls brock and says like 
oh, have you ever found the diamond? And no one else is supposed to know that they're looking for this diamond. And he says, well, how do you know that? You know, do you know who the woman in this drawing is? And she says, it's me. Um, so she goes um, to this base where they're uh, looking at the wreckage and she, um, you know, is talking about the drawing and kind of launches into her experience on the Titanic, which is where the majority of the movie is. Um, so it's 1912, uh, Rose is 17 years old. Um, her and her mother, or so they're in the first class section of the Titanic. Um, Rose is engaged to Cal Hockley. I guess I should give some actors. So Rose is Kate Winslet. Uh, Cal is Billy Zane. Billy Zane! <laughs> um, <coughs> the Phantom himself. <laughs> um, so she's engaged to Cal, who's really a piece of work. Um, the marriage, so Rose and Ruth have, you know, always been, like, higher class, but, um, I guess I think it's her father had passed away, um, leaving them with nothing, and so in order to not lose anything, they still have their good family name, so this marriage is supposed to, you know, Cal's quite wealthy, so, um, it's supposed to resolve their financial problems, so the mother's putting a whole lot of pressure on Rose to marry him, even though Rose is, she doesn't really like the life that she's part of um, and she really doesn't seem to like Cal much at all and just um, I think there's a line, line about inside I was screaming and she just wants out um, it's they call the Titanic the ship of dreams and like Courtney was saying they kind of emphasize through the first part of the movie how indestructible the Titanic is they um, you know talk a little bit about how it was made um, but yeah, comes up over and over again. It won't sink, it won't sink. Um, which we all know what's gonna happen, so. Um, and then on the flip side, then we have Jack, played by Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, him and his friend Fabrizio are um, like playing a game of poker, and they end up um, with a very lucky hand, winning a pair of tickets to get onto the Titanic. It's leaving in five minutes, and so. Or like, was it unlucky hand? Uh, yeah, but I mean, he I met the love for, of his life. I could too. write for Jim Cameron. <laughs> yeah, you could. <laughs> he beats you over the head a little bit, doesn't he? <laughs> with the foreshadowing. Um, so they barely make it onto the ship, um, and yeah, I Jack is essentially a starving artist, kind of works from place to place, um, and draws, um, we'll get to that. <laughs> they're, um, I guess for iconic moments to mention, they're hanging out on the deck, um, there's a part where the two of them are at the... Is it the stern? I don't really know ships. <laughs> They're in the front of the ship. Um, and he's, you know, standing on the front of the ship, has his arms out, and he goes, I'm king of the world! Um, stern is the back. Anyway. Yeah, the okay, yeah, thank you. Back. So, off the bow of the ship. Um, glad you're fact-checking on <laughs> ship knowledge, because I don't know any of um, That's a pretty iconic line from it. That's also when James Cameron won, I don't know if his best director or best picture, one of them, he got got his Oscar and goes, I'm king of the world! Um, and everyone thought, you know, he was quite the uh, person. Anyway. And, every, and literally everybody else who has ever stepped Ground. foot on a boat. <laughs> Has gone to the front and yelled, yes. I'm king of the world with her arms outstretched. So. Have you seen the Booze Cruise episode of The Office? Yes. Um, and Jim says, like, 
I'll bet you 20 bucks that Michael within five minutes goes to the front. Yeah. Says I'm king of the world and he does. There's a, there's a bit of that in community as well. Um, yeah. Couch within the episode. Some of the characters take a pottery class and the teacher does not allow them to reenact the scene from Ghost. Um, and has a big picture of Patrick Swayze with a big X through it. Uh-huh. But then the, some of the other characters are taking a sailing class. And then one of them walks up and does that. And he has the same picture, but it's with Leo DiCaprio with a big X through it. So, oh. so, so yeah. there's Nice. Everybody has done Everyone's that. Everyone's done it. That is the... Well, I guess that's kind of recreated later. But again, we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, I think we can get to... You've got... Rose, who's super unhappy, keeps being pressured into marrying a man she doesn't want to. She keeps kind of, I don't know. It Cal is just a jerk to her. Her mother's super controlling. and they're, He's also abusive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the mom, they're just really nasty people. <laughs> like, they keep making comments about third class people on the ship. And, you know, this is, you can understand why she wants out. It was a different time. You could say that about people. Yeah, you shouldn't have, <laughs> but they did. Um, anyway, so she's very distraught. Um, and so next we catch her running to the stern of the ship. Now, now we have the right yeah. turn back. <laughs> um, she goes to the stern in the ship, um, gets on the side, and appears that she's going to attempt to jump off the end of the ship. Um, but I guess, so Leo, um, Jack sees Rose earlier, and there's a nice joke about, like, how he has a better chance of angels flying out of his ass than to end up with uh, Rose. But anyway, um, so he's kind of caught her eye, and... Um, or she's caught his eye. And um, so he sees her and he's like, what are you doing? You don't want to do that. And he's trying to talk her out of it and is kind of trying to stay calm and says, well, like, I, I'm going to have to jump in after you then if you do that. I'm part cold. of this now. Yeah. And it's Fortune. so cold. And um, another... What are you going to let me do? <laughs> freeze to death? Oh, wait. Um, and you get another... Uh, famous line from it then you jump I jump which I don't know if you hit this part in Gilmore Girls yet Courtney but that becomes one of the most iconic scenes in Gilmore Girls too um involves you jump I jump Jack um anyway so he finally like talks her out of it she's trying to get back um and she's got this fancy dress on of course slips so he grabs her and is trying to pull her up um, onto the boat as she's screaming, help, help. And so he pulls her over, but once people get there, it kind of looks like... He's know, trying to assault her. Yes, basically. Um, and so he's about to get, like... Or he's in handcuffs. He's about to get taken to, I don't know, the brig or whatever it would be on the ship. It would be the brig. Um, great. <laughs> We're going to give you ship terms yet. <laughs> um... But Rose, uh, not wanting to tell Cal that, you know, she was trying to commit suicide, jumping off the side of the ship, says, well, I was, like, trying to look at the propellers and then, you know, slipped and fell over and Jack, thankfully, was here to save me. Um, And Jack, you know, backs up her story. Um, Someone suggests Cal should give him a reward for saving his fiancée and he offers him like 20 bucks but then she says well that's the going price for saving the love of your life. Um, So Cal then decides um, as a reward he's going to invite Jack to dine with them in first class the next night. Um, Then we see some scenes that Rose 
goes to thank Jack for, like, not only saving her, but for being discreet about, like, why she was there in the first place. Um, they kind of become friendly <laughs> with each other. Um, there's a great scene of Rose learning how to spit like a man, and they're hawking Louis over the side of the ship, and it's really gross. Um, he, Rose looks at his drawings, and um, so he mainly paints nude women, or uh, draws nude women, um, prostitutes and French girls. French girls. That's the more, yeah, tactful way of putting this. That's the, that's the meme that came out of that as well. Mm -hmm. I guess we'll get to that. Draw me like queer French girls. (laughs) Um, so they're, they're kind of developing a relationship. Um, and then comes the dinner. I'll mention here too, like Kathy Bates is the unsinkable mm-hmm. Molly Brown, who is an actual like um, person person who was on the Titanic. Um, she's super great, and she is new money, so she you know hasn't always been wealthy, and is therefore not a jerk like the rest of them are. So she helps Jack out, and he gets all spiffed up and goes Gives to him a dinner. Tux, right? Yeah, yeah, and he looks really cute. Of course, he does. Um, Leo, of course. I know. He was quite dashing. Still um, is. He is still quite dashing when he's not like starved and sleeping in a buffalo. <laughs> anyway. <Yes. Fair. laughs> um <laughs> where was I? There so he goes to dinner with them. They're all kind of nasty to him. He first looks like he's part of first class, but then of course the mom is like, Oh, so how's it being in first class or third class? And kind of um I don't know, they're all being mean to him. Um, but he gives this whole speech about, um, how, like, you have to make every moment in life count. Um, so he says, well, you know, I need to get back to third class. Um, he goes and kisses Rose's hand and leaves her a note that says, you know, make it count, meet me at the clock. So there's a cute scene of him at the top of this staircase where there's this clock and she meets him up there. Um, they go and party with third class, which is way more fun. Um... Yeah, they spin. Some Irish people. Yeah. <laughs> they spin. That's way They're, more fun. Yes. <laughs> um, so you've got all that. Um, then we've got, and here's where I stopped taking my own notes, and I'm now relying <laughs> on other notes. Um, we. And I think at this point also. Yeah. Is it after this or before this that um, her fiance like hits her and is threatening her about hanging out with Jack? I think it's before that. Sure. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's a pretty alarming. He, like, throws the whole table that they're, mm-hmm. like, having tea or whatever. And yeah. Throws it all. I guess he doesn't hit He's, her at that part. He does yeah. hit her later, though. Yeah. yeah. He's scary. He He's is terrible. Um, yeah, I mean, that continues the mom. Also, there's this part where she's stringing up her corset and doing tighter and tighter and is, like, threatening her again like you don't want me you don't want to be destitute and lose all of our things and all this um so yeah i guess like as a result of all of that they're um they disapprove of jack and don't want them hanging out anymore and so um she you know he tries to go back to first class and say you know no we need to i don't know you don't have to live this kind of life or whatever but she um you know won't rebuffs him I guess so that um and says she'll go with Cal but then after thinking about it again I can't remember exactly what 
what the turn is. I know there's a part she's watching a mom with a younger girl on the ship, and mm-hmm. she's being terrible and making her, I don't know, like, properly drink her tea and whatnot. But <laughs> she kind of realizes, this is not the life I want. So, she goes back to the bow where Jack is and um, says, you know, I've changed my mind. I want to be with you. And um, that's where you get kind of a similar scene where they're both then at the bow with their arms out. She says, it's like we're flying, Jack. And it's very cute. Um, That's probably the image everyone has seen from that movie. Mm -hmm. Very classic. I have seen conflations of the King of the World scene and that one where, like, I've seen pictures of, like, Jack and Rose there, mm-hmm. and then it's like I'm king of the world. It's like wait, that's not what that. Different moments. Yeah, it's different <laughs> moments. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, um, so from that point, Rose takes Jack back to like their room on the ship. Um, <laughs> sorry, I get awkward and blushy. Um, she <laughs> so they go and pull out the necklace, and she's showing it. Oh. That's the part I didn't bring up. Um, Cal is like an engagement present, has gotten her the diamond. So that's where the diamond came from. Um, so she pulls it out of this safe um, and tells Jack she wants um, him to draw her wearing this and only this. And um, I was in second grade when this came out, and I was like, <laughs> all, all the boys in my class wanted to talk about it. Anyway, so. He draws her. Um, I had forgotten, though, that she actually kind of uses the drawing to get back at Cal, which is yeah. great. Because at this point, she's, like, all out. She's, she's not going to be with him. And so she puts um, the drawing and the necklace back in the safe and has a note to him saying, now you can keep us both both locked up in a safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they... Um, so that happens, <laughs> and they go, and there's an automobile that's stored on the ship in cargo. So, um, yeah, they uh, have fun, sexy times <laughs> in, in the car on the ship. There's also, like, a steamy window then that there's a hand. The hand that's, that's also very That's classic. a pretty iconic, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they're very much in love. Um, Cal, <laughs> okay, I mean, it's been not long I they're in last and she is desperate to get away from her fiance also she's 17 I, yes yeah yeah like yeah. she is also under she's 17 <laughs> thanks jim all right well thanks thanks for that one jim <laughs> we're just destroying the romance it's fine um, listen look there's a lot to pick apart in that romance <laughs> yeah it's true there's um Cal's got a bodyguard that, so once he finds the drawing, he's like obviously really upset that um, this, you know, a third class passenger has stolen his fiance away. So um, he's kind of sending people after them. Um, there's, they are um, like running away from the bodyguard. There's kind of a fun scene of them just running to different parts of the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I guess then this is the part they end up um, on the deck um, once they're running away from this bodyguard and it's now late at night. Um, they, yeah, so they pass an iceberg and hit the iceberg and um, they've got, I don't know what the guys would be, but you have um, some people like the lookouts because it's late at night. Um, so they shout iceberg ahead. But the ship, um, again, like the hubris of the people who built the ship, they want to show off how fast the ship can get there. So it's not enough that it's unsinkable, but now 
Um, they want to get there early to New York so they can make headlines again. Um, mm. Ironically enough, it did make headlines, but not for that reason. So they, um, yeah, they're going too fast. They see the iceberg, but can't turn fast enough and hit it. And like, they also kind of imply in the movie that the lookouts are distracted walk, watching Jack and Rose make yes. it the <laughs> and therefore don't see the iceberg soon enough and don't warn them. So they're the whole reason. <laughs> Damn it, Leo. You doomed us all. You're the movie good luck. The movie also makes it look like they like barely hit the iceberg. Like they almost were able to turn in time. So yeah, yeah it's definitely their fault. Yeah. Man. You didn't have enough fun um, sexy times in the car. You guys suck. Um, so yeah, as Courtney was explaining, um, the people who built the ship then realized, like, no, it's scratched too much of it, and so now we're going to have all of these different sections fill up, and it's too much, so it's going to sink the front first and have the end sticking out, and, um, yeah, people are going to die. It's going down, so, and it's brought up multiple times beforehand. They don't have enough lifeboats either, so um, we know this isn't going to be good. Um, so we've got... Um, Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> so Cal's still mad about Jack um, taking Rose away. So he's also said Rose and Jack decide they're going to go back to tell Cal and Ruth, the mom, that um, the ship's going to sink. When they do that, Cal has kind of set it up so that they put the diamond in Jack's pocket um, so that they can stage it like he tried to steal the diamond. Um, so he's arrested and taken away. Um, and Rose- handcuffed to a pipe. Yep, and Rose, like, flip-flops in this movie so many times, it's a little (laughs) annoying. Like, she doesn't believe him at first, and um, then she eventually does. Anyway, she's, um, all of them are trying to get on this lifeboat, and so Mom's on the lifeboat, and it's like, no, come. And then Rose realizes, no, Jack didn't do it, and she loves him, or at least is infatuated with him at the time, and so um, she's going to go and try to get him out. Um... I, if you haven't seen this movie, like, it's honestly so scary how yeah. <laughs> much water they're dealing with. The lights go out, and so she's, like, wading through many feet of water, like, trying to get to him. Um, oh, also at this point, hasn't her fiancé, like, put his coat on her? Because she's cold. Not yet. Not, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. Coming. <laughs> um, he has, like, he's decided he's going to get out of here. There was a line earlier about, like, making your own luck. So he's like, I'm going to make my own luck. He thinks he's getting out of here. He puts the diamond in his coat pocket. Um, so it's no longer in the safe, which is why they hadn't found it at the beginning of the movie. Um, he And he keeps, like, making these kind of deals on the side to like I'll pay you if you get me on this boat because at this point they're only taking women and children um so yeah there's that um Rose they can't find the key to get Jack out so she gets an axe and in a truly horrifying part um kind of tries practicing uh, chopping at a thing and is terrible at it but shuts her eyes and slams the handcuffs and breaks it breaks apart and he still has both his hands and all is well um so they're trying you're spoiling so many things today I'm sorry (laughs) um they're trying to get out um yeah I don't there's like so many things (laughs) um 
I'll mention just because every time I hear um, Nero McConaughey, I think of this part. Um, so first, it's sure. like really frantic people trying to get off the boat. Um, you have this—is um, it a quartet? I guess that's like playing quartet. songs um, to try to calm everyone down. Um, but there's a really somber moment where. They're all going to leave, but one of them, uh, the violinist, starts playing Near My God to Thee, and all of them join, kind of accepting that they're not getting off of this ship, so they may as well um, play their, you know, one last song together. And to that, you get a lot of, like, sad moments of, uh, there's a mother <laughs> that's, like, putting her kids to bed because she knows they're in f- third class and sh- they're not getting out. Um, it's kind of crazy, like, how class comes up so much in this, and it really then... <sighs> It just, it's all the first class people that get out and not yeah. the third class and, you know, the Speaking repercussions of, of everyone living this way in that time is really terrible. Speaking of, yeah. like, I did a quick, quick little dive into the stats here. So, of all the first class passengers, 62% were saved. Second class, 41%. Third class, 25%. Yeah. Um, and crew, 23%. Man. Um... Of the women and children alone, in first class, 97% of the women and children in first class were evacuated. Wow. Um, 89% of second class and 42% of third class. Good news is for women and children in the crew, which were not children, like we're talking just women, 87% of the women in the crew were evacuated. There were only 23 of them, so, you know. Yeah. Anyway. Man. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and so to that point, now that Jack is no longer chained to a pipe, um, they're trying to get out, and they have third class, like, kind of locked in, um, and they get a bench and, like, break it down so they can all get out. But they were even keeping them. I don't know how true to, you know, history that is, but even keeping them locked down there to try to control the chaos. But, yeah, know, so they get out. Cal... Um, I guess they're trying to get Rose on a lifeboat. Um, this is where Cal puts his coat, he sees her, and he's trying to win her back to Noville, but puts the coat on Rose. They put her on one of the lifeboats. Um, they Cal kind of makes it seem like maybe he can get Jack onto lifeboat, but we know that's not going to happen. And so um, Rose is being lowered down, but then she jumps back onto the ship because once again flip-flops and has this realization she does not want to live without Jack. Um, so I've talked long enough, we can now, what? (laughs) But she will anyway. (laughs) Yep. Um, so yeah, I think we can skip for it. There's more destruction, more people trying to get out. Um, but, um, kind of how it ends up, the ship, the back half of the ship is up there, hanging on to it, but they eventually go down with that part that's like bobbing or was supposedly, we thought, had been bobbing. Um, there are a lot of people now that um, have life jackets on or are still alive in the Atlantic Ocean, but the water's freezing. So, And there was a point earlier where they tried to call another ship, but they were four hours out, and so no help is coming. So um, people are likely going to die in the water because it's so freezing. Um, Rose ends up, so they end up on like a door, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. <laughs> that's floating um and they put rose on there jack tries to get on um and this is there's much debate about it but he's (laughs) unable to get on the door and keep it afloat um many people have tried to prove (laughs) that they could have both fit um but so jack is holding on to her but he's kind of half in the water um he 
it gives this whole speech about how, you know, she's going <laughs> to, where I get all teary, they, um, you know, she's going to go on and live a full life and have lots of babies and, you know, live the life she wants and not be confined to, like, the class she was part of anymore. Um, and he says, you know, like, never let go, like, never... Of that promise. Yeah. Um, so she, um, I guess it's really cold. She wakes back up and Jack is now dead and frozen and it's very sad. And she, um, is holding on to him is really distraught, but there's a lifeboat that's kind of like coming around trying to find people still alive in the water. With, with my boy, Young Gruffud, Mr. Fantastic Yay! himself. <laughs> Horatio Hornblower himself. Horatio Hornblower going, is there anybody alive out there? Yeah. Um, and so at first she doesn't really want to she has to then physically let him go to hold on to the <laughs> Which, promise okay can i just say like when i was <laughs> when i when i saw this for the first time yeah. i missed that that like when she said i'll never let go that she was talking about the promise yeah because they're like he's like clasping her hand saying like she's never like, let go never and she's like and then she grabs back and she goes i'll never let go and then yeah. i'm like she, let she him lets him go, go. <laughs> immediately yeah. like, she's a liar <laughs> she's like, i'll never let go i'll never let go and um <laughs> my favorite part that I always um she finds so they kind of start leaving and she's like come back come back which is a line that I use all the time with people <laughs> but um she kind of hops off the boat um is floating and finds someone with a whistle and blows the whistle and they come and save her so that is how she's been alive this whole time um so she's told this whole story um I guess kind of what happened um Cal did survive. Oh, that's a whole other. He steals a child's in order to make it look like, you know, this child doesn't have a mother and therefore he has to go with the child and he does get out. Um, the mom did also, but Rose um, on the ship that, so eventually uh, another ship comes along and saves um, the people that were in the lifeboats. Um, Cal comes around, she sees him and the mother, but she avoids both of them and tells, um, the people asking about her that her name is Rose Dawson. So they thought that Rose had been dead and her family never finds her. Um, and she goes on and lives a great life. Um, but they, so finish, she finishes telling the story and Lovett has kind of decided, well, like, I don't know that we're ever going to find this. And no, I don't know that it matters. <laughs> um, and you've got, so Olds Rose comes out and um, is standing once again at the bow of the ship. And she pulls out. She had the necklace the whole time because Cal put the, ne the coat on her, which had the diamond. Um, she drops it, you know, at the bottom of the ocean. Waste. So what a waste. Like, sell that thing and give yourself a good life, woman. Like, what? She's a symbolic! She didn't want that life. No. Back when she... Look, you don't have to be super high class. You put that stuff in savings and you just like... You're like, Yeah, but if, if she sold on. the diamond, like, they would have been able to find her. It, it was 1910. They you go somewhere it. else. No, no, no. So she kept it. It's not like she could go to the pawnbroker <laughs> and be like, hey, I <laughs> million dollar diamond. <laughs> so she drops it back into the ocean where it maybe belongs. Um, maybe they'll find it. Who, I don't know. It's um, not actually the heart. Of, we're not talking about Moana here. <laughs> it's not um, actually the heart. She goes to bed. Um, 
passes away in her sleep, we kind of see a montage of like the or it scrolls it's past all the pictures of her life. She's, she's had children. Yeah, she's on a she's on a horse with legs on both each side, which yeah. is something that her and Jack talked about. And anyway, um, then when she dies, she's now um, like back in the Titanic with all the people who have passed away. And they're applauding. And she goes to the stairs <laughs> uh, with the clock and Jack is standing at the door. Uh, I know that probably annoys some people, but she bothers me so she's much. She's all in white and they it meet again. Me. And Can kiss. I just tell you why this bothers me? Because she had a husband and had yes. kids with him. and Yes. But it was the whole point. The whole point is that, like, she's had this full life. And I'm sorry, but, like, like the guy that you met and had a fling with on a boat one time, but it was is not, it was that is not the same level as, like, the man that you marry and stay married it was to a, and have children with. It was <laughs> like, essentially a long weekend. And it was yeah. like, it'd be like, it'd be like if you went somewhere for Labor Day. And you found someone that you had a crush on, and then for the rest <laughs> of your life, we're just like, but this that was the is long. the guy. She never, she never would have, she would have ended up marrying Cal. Like, she wouldn't have had any of that yeah, without you're right. Jack. You're right, and I understand that. Like, it's a very formative part of her life. Yes. He's a very important <laughs> person in her life, but he should by no means be the one that she like, goes back that's to. Seen, that's the only works. That's, so. That scene only works if he's like, Rose, you've made it to the afterlife. I'm going to pass you off to your husband who's at the top of the stairs. And you can walk out of the afterlife. Good to see you, babe. Which is Titanic oh, themed for reasons unexplained. I really hope the afterlife is not actually the Titanic. And poor Jack gets squat. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, he should be able to say hi. At least at least he got sexy times in a car. What about his friend Fabrice? Fabrice got oh, nothing. nothing. Yeah, he just mentioned. Died. Isn't he the one that gets shot, too? Or is it the other no, guy? He, he no, dies, he like, dies like, under the... the yeah. Anyway. Sure. That guy doesn't even get sexy times in a car or to paint a naked woman. He's just like, hey, I won this ticket. Oh, no, now I'm dead. Yeah. Anyway. Oh. Sorry, that was very long, but the movie... <laughs> In my defense, it's three hours and 20 minutes long, so yes. people complaining about Endgame, <laughs> this is so long. Yes. Um, and it's on the ocean, too. Like, I don't know about you, but, like, when you watch movies that involve water, that's, like, way more like, oh, man, I gotta go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good point. Let's talk a little bit about, like, just very, very briefly, because we don't want to go too far over time here. But um, I just want to talk about the too music for this really quickly, because we brought it up earlier. <laughs> Um, like clue. Too late. Too late. Uh, so the music from this movie is oh, yeah. honestly amazing. Um, <laughs> with the exception of Celine Dion. Oh, I am. No, 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 no. Do we get to. With the exception. No. <laughs> Not with the exception. You can't have it both ways because no. the score is basically my the heart will go on. <laughs> the score is really good. Done. Celine Dion's song is I just, awesome. I just like Celine Dion's I do love no, it. It's, it's cheesy, but it's I love awesome. it. It's awesome. But the reason that everybody hates it is you couldn't go anywhere in 1987 oh, yeah. without hearing it. That's oh, true. Gosh. Like, I remember being in Every the car. Every friend's house I went to, yeah, they would play it. I remember being in the car one day. We were driving around, and it was an extra long... Like, we were doing errands. It wasn't like we were driving somewhere. But we were, like, in the car a lot. Yeah. And it came on twice in the space of an hour in the car. Yeah. And it was like... No, I'm sorry. That's too much. And in the day, in yeah. the age before Spotify and you know <laughs> MP, like I guess you could listen like 
was all radio. CDs and stuff like that and tapes. I went like a month just listening to the CD of the Titanic soundtrack. So just on a loop on my on my CD Walkman. Just wow. Like, oh, my sister my sister <laughs> did as well, but every time Celine Dion came up, she skipped it because Same. anytime you ever walked anytime you ever walked outside your house, uh, there was there was somebody with a boombox just like following you around. I assume Jim Cameron paid also, them to just I, follow people I around. I seriously dislike Celine Dion. I know, I know. I'm sorry, Celine Dion. Like I, I admire her. Celine. I admire her for many, many things. It's all coming back to me now. That's it's maybe the greatest song ever. That's true. That is a great there. song. But anyway, so I just want to play a really quick. I'm assuming everybody's heard. My heart will go on. But I'm gonna. I'm gonna Are you play. Gonna sing? You no, should sing. I have to. <laughs> I absolutely. I have not. to get it in there. I just want. I sang a little bit at the beginning. And I sang this song, and I wasn't which I'm going to play. I'm, I sang this song, which I'm going to play for you. Hang on. Like His that was obviously just, of the angels themselves. Oh that was obviously just a bagpipe solo. <laughs> but um, <laughs> oh no, no 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 it's really great. Listen to this bagpipe solo. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> so no one has ever said okay, that fine, sentence. Fine. In I'm dominating. <laughs> no, 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 turn it off. Turn it off. Okay, here I'll play a better song from the, the score. The score. No, Shannon. <laughs> before we started this that Titanic is a really interesting movie for me because it's just like an absolutely perfect movie except for the plot. <laughs> like, like the main plot, like the main characters suck. But like the technical achievements of the movie and like the, the score and the cinematography and even like the accurate depiction of the wreck itself, like just spot on, so great. Well, and it's... And then it's ruined by the stupid. But it's uh, but even but even like the acting, it's it's Leo the DiCaprio and Kate Winslet and Kathy Bates yeah. and Billy Zane. Kate. I mean, Billy Zane. Kate should have gotten her Oscar then. I'm just gonna say it. Now. Didn't she? No. No, she, she got, got, got it. She eventually got it for the reader. She eventually got it for the That's reader. Right. But she got nominated and Leo DiCaprio didn't. Correct. 
I remember that. Leo's well, she has more to too, do. But she yeah, has more to do. Leo's, Leo doesn't have an arc. He just he just exists in the movie to get some and, yeah. to, and to inspire her to live a better life and to find. But mainly to get life. some <laughs> and to find like a real, like meaningful relationship. <laughs> nah, get some. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note. <laughs> Maybe we should. We should wrap. Celine, take us out. (laughs) All right. Well, that's going to be it for us this time on Pop Culture Footnotes. Join us next week when we're going to be talking about. What are we talking about? Let it play. (laughs) Pokemon. That's that's unfortunate because, yeah, we could lead in with the Pokemon theme song, but we won't. We'll just leave. Well, Celine. Hey, she's not Irish. She's French Canadian. Listen. I'm singing it the way that she sings it. All right, that's going to be it. Bye, guys.